0: You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and good Tuesday morning. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action. I'm going to switch things up. I know I say back in the driver's seat all the time, but I want to switch a little things up. Talking all things Texas A&M. And today, let's just break down exactly what Jimbo Fisher said about the upcoming week. With the breakout of the COVID-19 pandemic actually happening inside the walls of College Station, several players now being hurt, several names now being placed on the... COVID reserve list. What can we expect moving forward? We're going to break down every little bit of Fisher's press conference from yesterday afternoon. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, we are on every single day. Every single day is a locked on Aggies podcast day. You can always give me a follow and I will put it into the doc. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th May related content found here on LOP. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. If you can't do any of that, listen live every single day, every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So let's just get the good news out of the way. The game is not canceled. This is not one of those situations where we're looking at Mississippi State and Auburn where they've already said, nope, game over this week. Enjoy an extra buy. We will see you December 12th. What we're saying is practice was canceled. That was it. One practice was canceled. It likely is not going to happen today and it probably will not happen tomorrow. Now there are stipulations that come with that and we'll break that down later on in the show, but the game against Tennessee in Neyland Stadium is still expected to go full swing heading into the remainder of the week. So here was Jimbo Fisher immediately addressing the big elephant in the room during yesterday's press conference.
1: Just go ahead and get this out there. We have uh, paused our practice activities for the day where we will not practice. We will meet on Zoom with our players uh, to uh, uh, watch the film and uh, do the things we have to do. We had uh, a couple positive cases of COVID after we got back and retesting and we suspended things for the protocols or safety protocols to make sure we do our quarantine. Uh, tracing, and all the things that go by, and we're retesting the whole team again today. Then, of course, stay in the protocols that go all during the week. So uh, we're in those processes now, so we don't – if there is more there, there is a spread. We're trying to prevent that and do everything from a safety issue with our players and our staff to uh, keep them as safe as possible. So we'll do everything by Zoom today, and then we'll make accordances based off the, the test results we get back and the things that are going on in the quarantine tracing in which we're presently uh, still pursuing and uh, finalizing.
0: So we went straight into it. Basically saying, listen, we know we have positive testing. We have going to go back through and make sure we have our players set to play. The differences between this game and a game like Mississippi State that people aren't addressing is Mississippi State will not be able to dress enough players on scholarship against Auburn to play because of how bad of an outbreak there was. It's not the same with A&M. Right now, it's looking like they're either going to be down one player, maybe two players, maybe five. Still enough to get by. And we already saw one of these players, who he'll bring up in a little bit, Damani Richardson, not play because if he tested positive earlier this week. Keldrick Harper had a good game. They ran two safety set a majority of the game instead of a three-dime formation. And he won. He played very well in coverage. Played well in the box. Played well as a rover, played well in coverage, got an interception against Colin Hill. It was a good game. Unfortunately, you have to make sure that you have all your pieces in order. And for A&M, they're in a very good spot right now. They're sitting at 5-1. They're sitting just outside the college football playoff rankings. if If the season were to end today, They would be sitting as the number 5 seed as the first of the first two out, along with Florida, if the season were to end today. You don't want any bit of struggles to come your way. So for Tennessee, you don't want to play Haynes King this weekend if you don't have to. You don't want to play Zach Calzada. You want to use Devon O'Shane in the 12 carries. 22 plays per game. You want to use Isaiah Spiller in the 40 plays per game. You want to make sure that your defensive line is the same four that have been starting a majority of the season minus one player for a completely different reason. You want to make sure all of those things happen. Because any loss of momentum at all over the span of the next two weeks could be detrimental to a and season. Look at Georgia. Georgia lost to Alabama and they lost to Florida. They lost to two top five teams this season. They're gonna finish 8 and 2, probably. Guess what? They're out. AM, they lost to Alabama, and they don't have another opponent that they can lose to, to where this is a quote unquote good loss. You have Tennessee, you have Ole Miss. You have a struggling Auburn team, and you have a struggling LSU team. Auburn is the only one who may be ranked at some point when these two meet up. LSU, they ain't going to be ranked. Tennessee, they just got killed. The score didn't say so, but they got killed by Arkansas. Ole Miss, the most confusing team in the SEC, at least in the SEC East. There's not a more confusing team out there than them. There's not a loss you can have on their schedule. Here's Jimbo Fisher talking a little bit more about what comes next with the protocol, with everything going on, with how they will go through testing.
1: I mean, right now, everything's full go. We'll, we'll meet and plan on things. We'll see how the quarantine tracing and all the other tests that come back are. I mean, you always plan for that, and then if you, you make adjustments as you go.
0: All right, so we're going to make adjustments. Again, there's nothing wrong with making adjustments at all. The problem is that when you make these adjustments, you have to make sure that these adjustments work in your favor. For a team like A&M, for a team like Florida, and for a team like Alabama. Because that's it for the SEC, unfortunately. Those are your three this year. Any stiple along the way, you're done. You are done. So for A&M... They have to make sure that they're healthy. And we'll know later this week. We will. We'll know later this week if AM is going to have a game or not. If they're going to be active. If they're going to be playing. If they're going to go travel to Knoxville. Which would be great for them. Because right now, and we'll and we'll talk a little bit more about this after the commercial break. Their momentum is so strong. And how they've looked on both sides of the ball the last two weeks holding opponents to less than 30 points a game. Really, in both games, really holding them to under 17 points a game with the first-team defense. Making sure that the offense continues to develop. Zero turnovers. Third-down efficiency. They're playing an all-time high right now. And when you have that momentum, you can't lose it. And I don't mean you can lose it in the sense of, Oh, you know, it comes and goes. No, I mean, if you stop playing for one second, you can lose it. They've started playing this way since their bye week. They had a sloppy game against Mississippi State. They won. They had a close game against Florida. They won. They had an atrocious game against Vanderbilt. They won. But the last two weeks... They've dominated. They've shown people why Texas A&M football needs to be taken seriously in the SEC, why it needs to be taken seriously in the state of Texas, and why it needs to be treated seriously in the college football realm. They've done that. It's because they have the momentum. What happens for one second if this just disappears and they have to wait a week to go play the Vols? they got to wait five weeks to go play the balls. They're going to have anything to play for if they absolutely get clobbered by Auburn, if they get dropped by Ole Miss. Not going to happen, but what if it does? Oh, our season's over. Why do we care? We're not going to the college football playoff. You can keep the momentum alive a little bit longer when you play this upcoming week. And the way A&M has looked the past two games, they are easily... In my opinion, the second best team in the SEC. Not even close. Just not even a discussion. Speaking of not in the discussion, do you ever have days where you just feel like you're always on? And what I mean by that is that you never have a moment to kind of just relax and re- hit your reset button for a moment to chill. But whenever you do get those moments, I always recommend to go drink an ice cold beer. And there's one beer out there that's literally made to chill. And that's Coors Light. Now, watching football is therapeutic to fans because it's uninterrupted me time and an the excuse to chill and drink a beer. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport for the Texas A&M Aggies just to drink a beer because it's made with mountain cold refreshments made to chill. It's cold lager, cold filtered, and cold packaged literally means made to chill from the great people of the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. I know when I open up an ice cold Coors Light, it's going to be refreshing because the blue mountains on the, bo- on the bottle or on the can tell me my beer is as cold as the Rocky Mountains themselves. Coors Light is one I choose when I want to unwind, so when you want to hit your reset button, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light in their new, delivered, straight-to-your-dural look with get.coorslight.com. And remember, celebrate responsibly. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson and the Drivers we talking about things Texas AM. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you love quality podcasts around your favorite sports teams every single day, every single day? Well, if you do, why not listen to a Locked On podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL. MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy football league each and every week. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day, because every single day is a Locked On Podcast day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. So as I was saying before the commercial break, momentum is a powerful element. I don't think a lot of people understand how dangerous a momentum can be. Last season, once you saw... LSU defeat the Crimson Tide in Bryant-Denny Stadium, they became the most unstoppable team. The most unstoppable team in the SEC. In college football. They put up SEC-breaking numbers. They put up touchdown-breaking numbers. They put up offensive numbers. They, They played phenomenal defensively. And it's because they had the momentum going into the second half of the season to say, hey, we know we're the best team. Texas A&M right now is doing something very similar. Yes, they have a loss. It was a week two loss to Alabama in which if the season started on time, exactly how it was supposed to go, this would not be a game until week 12. be their second to last game before they faced off against LSU. Maybe they'd have the momentum to be right then, 11-0 going into that final week, which would have probably put them at 12-0 the way that LSU is playing this year. And they probably would have played this way with or without COVID-19, the new SEC schedule, all of those things. But here was Jim Fisher talking about momentum, talking about the way the team has looked over these past several weeks.
1: I mean, I felt we had very good players and we're all on the same page. We're communicating very well. You have experience there. The guys are taking pride in their work and they're, and they're grinding things out and prepare, learning to prepare. And, you know, you're, you're playing well, they're doing well, and they're very confident in what we're doing and... Uh, no, I mean, to say you're surprised, no. But you, are you always happy and elated when you do that? Yes, because, you, you know, you're always fighting for those things to happen. So very proud of our guys in the way they're pre- not just playing, but they're preparing to play by watching the film and then taking it to the practice field and then taking it from the practice field to the game field. I mean, you're always concerned of that. That's human nature. Whether you were saying it or not, or they were reading it on social media, which I know is out there, you, you that's human nature to be doing well and say, man, I can just – just relax for a second and take a break, and that's how it get. That's how it sets in. I mean, you always are aware of that, and you're always fighting that as a coach. No matter what, if you are, if you guys are praising us or not praising or whatever it is, that's just human nature. So those things that we constantly try to talk about and address in our with our team very much so. So you're always worried about that, but hopefully the maturity of this team will, will not allow that to happen.
0: After LSU defeated the likes of Alabama and Brian Denny, they could have just been like, you know what, we're good we're likely going to at least go to Mercedes-Benz. We can cruise if we really want to. Here's a funny thing. The week before they played Alabama, they squeaked by with a win over the likes of Auburn, and they squeaked by with a win over the likes of Mississippi State. After Alabama, 58-37 overall miss, 56-20 over Arkansas, 50-7 over A&M, 63-28 over the Sooners, 42-25 over Clemson, with a 37-10 victory over Georgia down in Atlanta. They never took their foot off the gas. And that's what Fisher's talking about. A&M right now has seen, yeah, we've scored 90 points in the past two weeks. Yeah, our defense has only allowed a total of 30, what is it? 20, 27 points? No, my bad. Thir- 33 points? And really, our starting front defense has allowed a total of 20 points? Hey, we're doing pretty good. Hey, this is a pretty good game. Oh, look. Oh, and and the team we just beat, really by three touchdowns, just beat the team we're about to play. Oh, yeah, we look great. Oh, we're, we're, we're good. We're set. We're all that. No. That's what you got to look at. LSU did not buy into, hey, we're the best team in the country. Right now, AM could have an argument that they're playing like one of the best teams in the country. You can make an argument that they are. You can make an argument Alabama is. You can make an argument Ohio State is. To me, that's where the argument ends Alabama, Ohio State, Texas AM. They're playing the three best teams in the country because they're consistently getting wins. I think Florida is right on the outside looking in. But they're almost right there. You can't put Notre Dame in there because they should have beaten the crap out of Clemson. They didn't. And Clemson knew that they were going to be without their main guy in Trevor Lawrence. And they panicked. And they've been panicking the last two weeks. So these are the three with maybe a fourth sitting right there. as potentially the guys to look forward to. You have to keep that pedal on the gas. And that's what Fisher's talking about. Stay off social media. Don't read into what the fans are saying. Don't read into what analysts are saying. Just sit there and go, okay, here's where we're at. Here's where we need to be. Here's what we're going to do. Call it that. We're done. As long as we do that, we're good. As long as we do that, we are good. Now, of course, injuries are a part of football, and there were several injuries that have happened over the past few weeks, including Isaiah Spiller, Michael Clemens, uh, Jared Hawker, and here was Jimbo Fisher talking about the production we saw from other players stepping up, even though they are not considered full-time starters.
1: Extremely because they're critical places that, you know, and critical positions that, that impact the game and everywhere you go. And those young guys being developed, the older guys stepping up, it's huge to have that. And that's what you got to have because attrition is going to happen in this year playing in SEC scales. The physicality, the bumps, the bruises, things are going. On. I mean, even COVID, the situations there from Damani. I mean, so all those situations are huge. And I'm very proud of our guys. And I think our guys are handling that situation very well and, and they're developing very well. It's, good, it's a tribute to our coaches, too.
0: It is. It's a tribute to coaching. It's a tribute to the talent that you have there. It's a tribute to a lot of different things that help make AM what they are. Uh, now, again, there's some positive news when it comes to several of these players, like a guy like Isaiah Spiller, who has been one of the bigger names to watch for this past season on the offense. He left during the first half in Saturday's game. He was able to get over 131 rushing yards. Didn't really need him in the second half, but they're saying that he will be good to go. For Tennessee, when this game is played, unfortunately, you can't say the same about Michael Clemens, who left late in the Arkansas game, and a lot of people were wondering was he part of this COVID list because we now know Demonte Richardson was not exactly.
1: Michael's banged up, had an ankle, and actually had to have surgery on an ankle today. So it, it when he gets back, we'll know.
0: Okay, so he's—I mean, at least he's out.
1: out it, or... I don't know. I don't till whenever he, he can recover, and it could be. They've said from three to five, three to four. I don't, I mean, you can put a timetable on it. So when he gets better, we'll put him back in there.
0: That's a big loss for AM. I'm not even going to try and go into more detail than that. That's just a big loss for AM. Their leading sack guy, their guy who's been the biggest breakout star this year, him being out for three to five weeks likely means that if AM is lucky, they would get him back in time for the college football playoff or the national title game. That's about it. He will not play the remainder of this upcoming season because of, even even with COVID, I mean, even if AM and was to miss this upcoming week, he still would not be back in time, more than likely, until after the SEC Championship game, which then would mean you have two weeks to prepare. Would you still play him? Would you not? This is also a really weird year for him. I mean, overall, I just... It's troubling so that's that's really all you can say when you talk about a player like Clemens who's had such a good Year and such a great impact on players speaking of impact What is an impact that makes you break through your wall every single day? Now that could be a mental wall or a physical wall, but you have to break through it to get on the go That's why I recommend Built Go is the best for you at whatever you do. It's very simple to take. It's only 1.5 ounces, so you can put it in your briefcase for one of your biggest presentations. Put it in your golf bag to go make it through the back nine, and it's a great workout gel that's on the market because it's a lot like 5-Hour Energy without the same crashing feeling at the end of the day, and it's natural, so it's a lot better for your body. And then three different flavors in peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. You always have a different combination you can mix up. BiltGo combines energy gel with collagen protein. Now, everyone knows that collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into your system so much faster than the likes of a liquid, and it's easier on the stomach acid. BiltGo is also loaded with the good stuff to ignite my workouts and yours, including beta aline, B3, honey, and just a kick of caffeine to get you through your day. BiltGo keeps me on the go daily because it's filled with the vitamins I need, including B6 and B12, and collagen promotes joint. Soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So, this literally is going to make you feel better and look better. Go to visit VisitGoBuiltGo.com and use the promo code lock to get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Whatever you need this for, make sure you break through your wall every day with BuiltGo. Let's go. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, Cole Thompson, back here talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and LockedOnPodcast.com, and subscribe to the podcast on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. One of the cool things I really like is that veteran talent sometimes brings out the best in people. That doesn't mean that everything's going to go exactly as smooth as you want, but it means it brings out the best in people. And with the return of Hezekiah Jones, it's actually been a huge positive for the Aggie success in the receiving game. Maybe it's just because if you can trust that veteran leadership, maybe it's because of just having someone who understands the plays a little bit more to give advice to kind of helps out. Doesn't really matter. What matters is, is that when you have a receiver who understands exactly what you're looking for. With a young group, it maybe builds confidence. So Jimbo Fisher actually brought that up.
1: Great job, and I thought our other guys were doing a good job. Head just brings a lot of experience to the table. I thought the other guys, Cam and those guys, were all doing a very good job too. Uh, but he does bring experience. He, you know, he's a very fast guy. He can be multi-positional, inside or outside, and so it brings a lot of comfort there. And he's a very good leader. He's even when he was out, he was doing a great job of leading.
0: Having a leadership mentality in a positional group that is very young is essential to a team's success. And I think that's why you've started to see, since his return after the bye week, the offense kind of clicking. It allows you to limit your turnovers. It allows you to have a go-to target. It allows you to have someone you can always trust. And even though Hezekiah has not played a massive role in the team's success, hasn't scored a touchdown, hasn't had more than, I think it was, 35 yards in one game this past year... He gives you that veteran feel that allows your other targets to break out and it allows defenders to go, hey, this is the veteran. We have to make sure he does not get the ball. And it puts other defenders in situations that maybe they don't feel comfortable. I mean, Arkansas had the number one turnover ratio going into the year, going into their game on that Saturday night. AM dominated them and get a single turnover. This past weekend, South Carolina had played extremely well against the likes of Auburn in the secondary. They played extremely well against the likes of Tennessee in the secondary. Didn't get turnover. And they have more veteran receivers on their roster. So it's not as if we're out here saying, oh, you know, one bad week from Chase Lane means the season's over. No, it just means... You need that veteran presence. And when you lose Courtney Davis, when you lose Jamon Osbin, when you lose Kendrick Rogers, all within an offseason, you lose Cameron Buckley. Who do you have? You have Hezekiah Jones coming back in. Before we go real fast, one of the craziest things that you can admit this season is the SEC is in fluctuation. Anybody who would have said at the start of the year, oh, Auburn's going to be the third or fourth best team. In the SEC West, would have probably said okay. If you would have said they were the fourth best team because Arkansas is the third best team, you would have been called crazy. Anyone who would have said, oh, LSU might be the worst team in the SEC West this year. Didn't they just win the national championship? Uh, yeah, they did. Guess what? They're actually the second worst team in the SEC West this year, and they're the third worst team in the SEC this year. So, Jimbo Fisher just want to bring that up about how when you study the film, Anything is possible on any given Saturday.
1: Over time, there's certain teams that stay up, but there's always a rotate. There's too many good players in too many positions, and every program has its time to to push and stay ahead. It's always going to be. There's too many good coaches, too much money invested, too important to other programs. There's too many players across this country come play in this league, and if you look at it over time, that thing has always rotated back and forth, and there's been times for everybody to have their moment, and hopefully we're learning to, to push forward, and hopefully we can continue to do that.
0: Maybe Jimbo Fisher's right on this. Maybe he's not. Here's all I will say. Alabama has never lost their reign since they really started in 2008 when they went down to the Sugar Bowl against Utah. They've really been about the same every single year since. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all wrong with that. But since they've been to the Sugar Bowl, they have been at the top of the college football pyramid. When Saban leaves, 100% they're going down. The Alabama era is more than likely going to be over when the Saban era is over, which means there can be time for another program to step up. The way Jimbo Fisher's building it, maybe this is the program in the SEC that steps up. Maybe Arkansas is the program. It all depends on how they do with the coaching. It all depends on what they have. Again, you look at what we've seen from Georgia since Kirby Smart got there, they've dominated. But you also got to remember, They were still a very good team under Mark Rick. They just never were able to get past that final hump. Even in the Jim McElwain and um, Will Muschamp era. There were years. They were very good. Florida went to the Orange Bowl one year against Louisville. Against Teddy Bridgewater. They lost. But they went. That happens. That does happen. So... It's about every year staying a little bit stronger. And I look at teams in and out, and it's too early to call, especially in a COVID-19 year. It's too early to call. But if A&M continues to develop the way their talent is, they continue to recruit the way that they are, they continue to build prospects who become first-rounders year in and year out, they're going to be a very good team in a few years. And what I mean by that is they're going to be a dynasty team. You look at the Diocese right now. It's Clemson and it's Alabama. That's it. That's that's all it is. LSU had one good year, and I want to see if they can re- rebuild it next season. If they can, I maybe would put them in the category. But every year, it's Clemson, Alabama, two other teams. Clemson, Alabama, two other teams. Clemson, Alabama, beating those two other teams and meeting in the college football f- playoff final. They're meeting at the Natty. And year in and year out, they switch. Those are dynasties. Everyone else has had good years. Is Arkansas next? Maybe. Is A&M next? Maybe. That's for another day to decide. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Tomorrow. Let's break down the path to the college football playoff. This is a very big week for Texas A&M. They have a shot to go and improve to 6-1 on the year, heading into their final four games of the season. What is the outcome for every team in the top 10? How they look going into the second half or the final weeks of the college football season? We will see you tomorrow. And remember, this has been... Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.